Service your existing car with us right now. And it's worth £500 off your next car. Yes, at Macklin Motors Toyota, we'll give you a £500 voucher off any of our brand new Toyotas when you book in for a service with our expert Toyota trained technicians. We even have complimentary courtesy cars available, so book your service now and get £500 off any new Toyota. Visit macklinmotors.co.uk or see us at Kennishead Road, Darnley. Macklin Motors, the new name for Toyota sales and servicing in Glasgow. Valid on services till 30th September. Excludes Motability and Fleet customers. One £500 voucher per vehicle purchased by 31st December. The Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors. Motability offers from nil advance payment. Visit macklinmotors.com for more info. Let's go! OK, where are we? Celtic have nailed a permanent deal for Cameron Carter-Vickers and another Lone Star Jota won't be too far behind, it seems. Dyson Maida uh, completes the hat-trick of last season's stars who are staying a little bit longer. Benji Segrist will try to put pressure on first choice goalkeeper Joe Hart. An Argentinian left battler Alexandro Bernabe is heading to the East End in the next few days for a medical ahead of a £4 million transfer to the champions. So it's all Simon Donnelly starting to bubble along on the transfer front for Celtic. Yeah, it's that uh, time of the year Rob where there's a lot of comings and goings uh, Right through the, the league, uh, I'm looking at some names on the sheet tonight. So, yeah, Celtic are looking as if they're doing a little bit of business. I think for the fans, Jota will be the one that excites there. Uh, I think Seagrass is a good acquisition as well. Just speaking to my son earlier on today, how, how much he's going to feature in mm. the team, but certainly is one that's caught my eye over the last couple of years at Dundee United. So, he'll be hoping to push uh, Joe Hart. But, yeah, it's, it's that time of year, isn't it? It's came round again. Boys are back into pre season. Uh, Always surprise me how quick it comes round, especially when I've not I'm not actually involved in football as such mm. with that kind of side of it. Now you forget how how quick it comes back round. Yeah, you're still very much in flip flops mode at the moment. Uh, well, you're not just talking to your boy about Benji Seagrees. Will be you'll be talking to me about him later on as well, and and answering that question or trying to about how much he's going to feature in the course of the season. There'll certainly be pressure on Joe Hart. Uh, but he's going to take a bit of shifting based on the evidence of last season. What about Rangers? Well, they appear to be uh, dismissing reports tonight that Sevilla are uh, bidding €8 million for Alfredo Morelos. He's one of four key players in the final year of their contract. Morelos plus Aribo, Kent and Jack all in the final year. And it's that sort of stage where uh, do you get them on an extended deal or do you decide to let them go and cash in at this stage? Uh, Brighton rumoured to be interested in Glenn Kamara as replacement for Eve Bissouma. Uh, goalkeeper Robbie McCrory could be looking for a move after Alan McGregor signed up for another year doing what Stephen Davis did. Uh, John McLaughlin, of course, is still at Rangers as well. And maybe McCrory, who will be looking for games, is thinking the outlook at Rangers uh, doesn't look too bright. Lots to talk about on the transfer front. Some have happened, uh, some haven't happened, some might never happen, uh, to be perfectly honest. It is that time of year. One the thing that has happened at Celtic is, is the arrival of first-team coach Harry Kewell. What are his first impressions of the club? I'm kind of blown away. I haven't been at a, 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 a huge club for a, for, a, for a while now, so this is all kind of new to me. And it's nervous, you know, to come into a, such a huge club like this, to, to only see the facilities at the moment. 
um, it's, it's, it's fantastic. And, and the training ground setup is the perfect size. So for me, it, it's, it's been a brilliant first day. Even Harry, Harry Kuehl gets nervous, Simon. Yeah, it was interesting to, to hear that. Uh, I mean, he's played at some some big clubs as a as a player, uh, Leeds and Liverpool notably. Uh, and he's 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 dipped his toe in the last few years into the management side. Uh, obviously, at lower levels. I'm looking at Crawley, Notts County, Oldham, and most recently Barnet. You know, so I think I think this will be a move that excites him. You know, speaking again from experience of how difficult it is at that kind of lower level we were at York for a year to come back to a club of Celtic stature with a manager that he knows with the facilities and the quality of the player on the back of winning the league I think he'll be excited but I was interested to, mm. to hear him say there that he, he felt a, a few nerves So uh, what's going to happen next he said he'll look around Lennox Stan he said to look around Celtic Park as he said there he's been blown away uh, by it so what what's up next and there's a mention of John here and of course uh, that is John Kennedy as he uh, gets used to uh, not just uh, the things around him but the people around him as well really looking forward to uh, meeting the players first and foremost and then getting to understand uh, exactly their their movement patterns and all that just sitting there even there with John for the last hour or so just talking about how they play it's kind of similar to to, to my ideas um, so working with the the manager as well it's going to be it's going to be great because the the ideas of what I like is is similar to what he likes. I should say that's Harry Kuehl speaking to Celtic TV, the interview done at, uh, at Lennox Town. Um, he's a smart guy, Harry Kuehl, uh, and he just says there himself, I mean, he, he will take his time, I'm sure, before poking his nose in, yeah. uh, but he will have his own strong opinions. Yeah, and I think he'll be given responsibility. I think he's title's first team coach, mm. so, you know, he's not going in there as a, a shrinking violet, just he'll be there to play a major part and... You know, going back to the type of player he was, he was an exciting, attacking, forward-thinking player that I quite liked watching. Mm -hmm. uh, and that suits in with everything that Andrews brought to the table with Celtic last season. So I can see there where, you know, that will whet his appetite because it's not as if he's getting into a, a setup which the style is opposed to anything that he's used to. I think it will be the attacking forward side of it that he'll probably bring, you know, from that midfield to, to forward line. Hopefully he can bring a little bit of experience. Yeah, he was a pretty exciting, exhilarating was, sort of player, wasn't I he? Loved, I loved uh, watching him. Yeah. Uh, I think broke in at, Q, uh, at Leeds with that. There's a, a lot of good players in that Leeds team. Uh, Liverpool's got many caps for Australia. So, yeah, I think he'll, you know, if it was me as a young boy or a young player there, midfield, attacking, particularly in the wide areas, I'd be looking forward to working with, with him. Mm. What about the pecking order, Simon? Do you think? Because obviously well, you've got you've got John Kennedy <clears> there. Yeah. Uh, Stephen McManus is, is is dropping out of that first team picture in a sense to to be the link, I think, between yeah. the academy and the first team. He'll take on that role, uh, but it's going to be interesting to see how it all divvies up underneath Ange Postecoglou. Yeah, well, it will be interesting because when when Ange walked in the door last year, not to bring any staff whatsoever. It's, that doesn't often happen anywhere, really. You know, especially at a club like Celtic, I, th I would have been expecting him to bring one or two, but that didn't happen. So he came in, he, he was happy with what was there. It certainly worked over the year. Uh, the dynamics, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm not a privy to, to to say what's, you know, each each and every role. I think Mick kind of helped out pre-season and then 
you know, I think whatever he was doing, uh, he was doing well and found himself very much part of the first team for the rest of the season. They've decided to have a shuffle up and this is the first guy that Ange has brought in. So it'll be interesting to see. But first team coach, you know, that's a big responsibility. Mm. It's a great position to be in, isn't it, for, for a manager to have done all he's done in a year at Celtic and then... Uh, almost, you know, t- he's taking his time, waiting the moment, yeah. and bringing in his own staff. Yeah, everything's worked out, you know, perfectly for for Ange up until now. Even even the the fact that Celtic are straight into the Champions League uh, group stages, they now know, you know, in terms of budget, in terms of what they want to go and get to bring in. You know, there's no kind of faffing about or should we get to the, that stage and, and the worry of the two or three qualifying games, which is always proved to be difficult over the years you know especially at this time so things seem to be in place for Celtic they've, they've, they've added Carter Vickers there's talk of Jota getting tied up in the next few days which would be great they're, they're starting this season in a good place they really mm. are It's interesting to hear from Harry Kuehl, um about this how the move to Celtic came around It was funny enough I was actually going in for an, another interview for another job and I thought it went really well and I was looking forward to the, the callback. He just had to do a, a few little uh, movements of, of something else. And in between that time, I actually had a call off uh, the manager. And the way he spoke to me, the way he presented the, the job, I said yes straight away. I didn't even worry about the, the, the next part because I felt it was the opportunity for me to learn off not only a great manager, not only an Australian manager, but a great manager that has been and started to do his work into Europe and his ideas of what he wants to come across and he's, he's very forthright in what he wants out of his players. It's similar to what I like. And like I said, the way he spoke to me about football and the way that he wants what he wants from me, I said virtually there straight away, of course I'll come. It would be interesting to know what that other job was that he was uh, just was waiting he, for the call back. He wasn't going to let us know, was he? No. Not on uh, the scale of Celtic, um, I would have thought. And, and I, also, you would have thought that the minute the, the phone rings and he sees the name Postacoglu or whatever he calls him uh, yeah. on on his phone, yeah, uh, I think that, that, that's going to be so tempting. I, th- I think that's massive for him. Obviously, he'll know Ange very well. Uh, but you're going to a team that have just won the league, a team that are going into the Champions League straight away a team of the size of Celtic you know it's it's a big lure and you know he's touched on it there feeling a little bit nervous walking in in his first day but I think it's a fantastic job for him and I think he'll be really excited to get his, his teeth into it Here he is uh, talking about the main man He always likes to uh, mix things up he always likes to bring in, in fresh ideas and as I said when I spoke to him like I didn't want to be just someone coming up here because of that Australian link you know, he's, he spoke very positive about he's been monitoring me for a while. And, and like I said, I never knew that. So like I said, when he did speak to me about the ideas of what I can bring to the team, it was, like I said, a no-brainer. He'll want to be challenged, clearly, Ange Postecoglou, for all that just about everything has gone his way uh, so far. He'll, he'll relish the opportunity to have strong opinions alongside him, uh, asking questions that maybe sometimes he doesn't want to be asked or isn't expecting to be asked. Yeah, uh, and that's part of a, a management team. You know, everybody has to bring something to the table. Uh, at times, yeah, maybe question things. I don't think he got much particularly wrong last year, Ange. No. Uh, but yeah, I think just a, a, another another mindset, another pair of eyes. As I say, the experience that Harry Kuehl brings, I would really 
you know, I'd, I'd be excited if I was a player in there playing in particularly the positions that he has worked under and been able to, you know, maybe add little bits to, to players. I mean, you look at the Jotas and the Abadas, they're still, you know, young uh, and, and there to learn. And I just think, you know, if this guy can get in there and work with players like that, you know, it, will, it can only improve them. And as you said right at the outset, he is absolutely the the sort of player and the sort of ideas he had as a player that they're going to slot into this high-intensity, all-out attacking yeah, he's, he's, he's style. Yeah, he's a Celtic type of player. Unfortunately, mm. back in the day, probably Celtic couldn't afford them because mm. he was operating in the English Premiership. But mm. he's, he's that type of player, you know, very exciting, creative, forward-thinking. Uh, and I, I think that will be... Because you've obviously got John Kennedy there who's more defence, Big Mick mm. was more defence... Obviously, they work with all parts of the team, but that's their forty. That was their strengths as players and and whatnot. And I think this is a good addition. More to come uh, from Harry Kuhl. That was him talking to Celtic TV. More to come uh, later on uh, in the show, talking about Champions League nights, ambitions, and and all that sort of stuff. Speaks really well, of course. Uh, we'll hear too from uh, Benji Seagrest, uh, the goalkeeper, who will be looking to put pressure on Joe Hart in the coming season easier said than done let's talk about Rangers though for, for a minute um, nothing much has happened with oh. Rangers there, there, is, there is talk of them uh, signing a 16 year old Zach Lovelace from Millwall um, who would sound to be one for the future but, yeah. but who knows who yeah, knows how good know. he is uh, he, he may just force his way in and you would imagine that Giovanni van Bronckhorst is the type that if he's good enough uh, his date of birth won't really come into it yeah, but I, I just think maybe with that one is, you know, if the kid's 16, it's maybe not one that you're looking to be walking straight into the first 11. Uh, I think the big thing, and I would say it's a positive for Rangers, is, you know, tying down the guys that we thought were going out the door, the mm. experience there, and then you've named another four there that began to the last year. Decisions have to be made there, but I, I don't see much, I don't see much upheaval. You know, there might be one out of that four, you know, I think you want to keep on with with that team. It's a team that got to the, the final of the Europa League. I think you'll want to keep as much as that in place and maybe add on top of it, you know, to go and challenge them. Yeah, I think I think I mean both Celtic and Rangers have kind of been ticking the boxes we probably expected them to tick at this yeah. stage of, I thought, I of, thought of the been, I thought there might have been a wee bit more I wasn't sure about McGregor obviously right. at the end mm. of the cup final. We we spoke about it on the show about mm. goals and you know, putting yep. something on his social media it looked as if he was away. Thanks for the memories, but by the way, I'm staying on a four-year yeah, so extension. I, th- I think it is a positive. I think he'll want to... The players have done well uh, over the last period. Whether you change... I, I don't think you, you get anywhere with wholesale change there. I think Gio will want to add to that and, and keep most of those players. Mm-hmm. I mean, you you've you, now, anyway. yeah. I mean, you know all about about management, and and this is this can be a really difficult time of year. It can be a great time of year, depending on how much success you have in the transfer market. But there are so many looking in from the outside. There are so many question marks around Rangers at the moment because of those those four players. Will they stay? Will they go? Will they get enough money for Morelos that yeah. that that tempts them? To, to sell with a year of his contract to go or if it is something like six or seven million that, that they're being offered do they think well actually maybe we're going to get more that sort of those sort of, that, those sort of rewards back in the course of the season from goals yeah that's that's what Gio's has to weigh up uh, moving forward obviously Morelos 
I think he's really before he got injured, he was getting the best out of him. Mm-hmm. You know, it seemed as if he was a wee bit refreshed and and back at it. And I, I just think you know, Celtic won the league. Uh, Rangers got to the Europa League final. There's not a great deal wrong with either side. It's probably a bit adding to these teams at the moment, and I think that's what. Again, we spoke about that before the transfer window. This is the first transfer window that Gio can really get himself into. You know, he was just in the door the last time, finding his feet, uh, working out what his squad looked like. I think obviously he'll know that inside out now. And well, the evidence is there. He's he's, he's kept on some some senior pros there in recent weeks when we thought they might have been leaving. I think he'll try and keep the likes of Aribo, Kent, Morelos, Jack. I think he'll want these guys to stay at the moment. Uh, and start the season as Rangers players and probably add you know, to that as well because they've got qualifying uh, games coming up in the Champions League which are massive they, they really want to get into that, that group stage as well I saw an article today in one of the newspapers that was uh, that, that was suggesting that Rangers were the second most successful team in Europe uh, since 2018-19 um, which sounded like a, a strange headline Celtic in the top 20 but, but Rangers in second place um, and and obviously there are there are all sorts of holes in that argument that can be mm. very quickly applied. But but I guess what it is the the way it's it's not entirely clear from the article how it's been calculated. So it's across the last four seasons. So it's mainly Stephen Gerrard at Rangers. But I guess it's when you look at Rangers um, results in that time. There the I'm just looking at the number of wins they had. Yeah, across the past four European campaigns, Rangers have played 64 games in Europe, and a lot of them are qualifiers, obviously, yeah. totalling <clears> up to that big figure. They lost, so they lost 13 games out of 64. I mean, that, that that's pretty incredible. But maybe more significant is the improvement year on year to to the extent where they got to the final and yeah, that 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 ended that culminated with that final appearance mm. and, and close to winning it as well. Uh, but I think from from when Stevie Gerrard took over, I think most of Rangers' good performances at that time, up until they won the league, were in Europe. And I think a lot of these boys here have been through that kind of uh, that route with them over the four seasons. A lot of these boys have played in those sixty-four games, and as I said before, I think that helps from campaign to campaign. Yeah, uh, and that's probably the challenge for Celtic this year. After last year, they get a taste of it. All right they get knocked out the three tournaments but you'll gain experience from playing at that level albeit it's a higher level again yes. now that they're going into but I think that's benefited the Rangers team over the three or four seasons <clears throat> and as I said most of the guys that we're just talking about they're the ones that have stayed on and the ones that there's a wee bit of speculation they've featured in most of the games uh, so I think that's where if I was Gio I would be probably want to keep them and, and add to it. Yeah, I think it's been. Uh, I think it's calculated from UEFA points that you pick up in the various European competitions for 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 winning games over the piece. So, you could argue that that points won in qualifiers for the Europa League are not going to matter, uh, are not going to count as much as wins in the in the Champions I de- League. I definitely think it helped Rangers though. But even yeah. when they went to win the league, they were improving all the time. That mm, team, and yeah. I, th- I think if you're performing well on levels like Europe, it does. It does give a sense of belief and confidence, you know, winning, getting good results, getting to the knockout stages again, getting to the final this year, you know, putting teams out. It, it does, we were talking about it at the turn of the year, will this hinder Rangers mm-hmm. now? We could argue 
it may have in the end, but I, I think it was, I think you go the other way, I think they were really taking belief and it was shown in their European results in particular. Rangers looking to kick on uh, in European terms from what they have already achieved. It's going to be interesting to see what they do on the back of that European final appearance and whether they can uh, qualify for the Champions League. They have got uh, two hurdles to clear. Celtic, of course, are already there. They can plan ahead for those six group games in Europe's top club competition. Rob McLean and Simon Donnelly talking football. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com Your local friendly experts for new and used cars. Let's go. Simon Donnelly and Rob McLean on the Go Radio Football Show, Glasgow Zone, of course, and the Football Show. We're at 60 minutes at the moment. We'll be back to the full 120 uh, before very much longer because Scottish football uh, will not be away from us for too long, Simon, will it? We've got the League Cup just around the corner. Group stages, 9th of July, I think that's 9th starts. of July they start, is it? Yeah, I think so. Just when you're heading I'm uh, away holiday, for a wee break. Yeah, I'm on holiday, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah just. As I say, coming round thick and fast, and I think everybody's looking forward to it. I think with the Nations League there for a while, and then obviously the football stopped. So if anybody out there is like myself, you know, they'll be needing that in their diet again pretty mm. soon. So it's good to see that, you know, the season's not too far away. You'll be back in good time for the start of the league campaign, of course, and uh, so will we <clears> with our <throat> full. Uh, Full colour, glossy on the outside and uh, wholesome on the inside. Football show back to its two hours in the week leading up to the start of the Premiership campaign, which I think is right at the end of uh, July. So we'll be back in uh, business, back in our full working order for that. Uh, Good luck to Scotland's women who play uh, tomorrow night in Poland, the game. It's against Ukraine. It's a rearranged game. Um, for Scotland as they look to keep up their qualification bid. Uh, The World Cup is in 2023 in Australia and New Zealand. Uh, Spain have won that group already. I noticed their goal difference is 45-4-0 again. So I think they're probably safely through. Uh, They've won everything. Scotland had a good result against them though in April at Hamden. 7,804 was the crowd. It was a record uh, attendance for a home competitive match uh, for for Scotland on the night. They lost lost 2-0 and that was actually a pretty good result because Spain are you know, on paper so much better yeah well you look at the goal difference from uh, the other games mm. so they've, they've obviously distributed a few doings out there and, and to kind of curtail it to two is a good reflection for Scotland hopefully but we play Ukraine again mm. uh, and it just seems to be at one point that the men's team couldn't get away from Israel yeah. uh, and all these qualifiers yeah. so at the moment Ukraine seemed to be the opposition so a big one for Scotland. Hopefully they can they can get a result. And for Scotland's women, they have to get over that same barrier that maybe the men didn't get over uh, at Hamden in re- uh, in the last few weeks because it was a big occasion. It was very emotional. It was passionate. There was lots of blue and yellow around. Everyone feeling for Ukraine naturally, um, and that continues uh, yeah. as Scotland games in so, Poland. Did you? It's say? in Poland. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and they have to get their mind on the game. And that is easier said than done, isn't it? It probably is, yeah. But I, th- I think looking at the, the well, the men's Ukraine team, I think it was a, a release from every all the stress and, and stuff that's going on in their, their private lives. They were inspired, weren't they? On I the think night? they were, yeah. and I think they were unlucky against uh, Wales as well. You know, and some really good players. I was impressed with their men's side. So yeah, the, the women have just got to treat it as a football match. Uh, it's an important football match for Scotland. 
uh, and for, for the girls. So hopefully they can they can get a result and, and keep themselves on track for qualification. Yeah, that's tomorrow night in Poland, uh, Scotland against Ukraine. Scotland in second place in Group B at the moment and if they stay in second place uh, with a couple of games to go then they will be into the playoffs and uh, keeping alive their chances of qualifying for the World Cup uh, and let's hope they do uh, Aberdeen have had a, a busy old week uh, in the transfer market the, there was talk that uh, things were about to happen and they, they certainly are happening and their latest signing is very interesting because he's a North Macedonian international striker Bojan Mijowski uh, signed on a four-year deal from MTK Budapest that's the club from which Aberdeen had already signed Yilber Ramadani um, he is a, a holding midfielder but the latest signing I think he's I think I heard Jim Goodwin saying he's 23 tomorrow yeah. uh, and he's already got 10 caps uh, and one international goal and he scored 19 in 60 uh, for MTK in the, the season just gone by uh, Jim Goodwin saying that Aberdeen fought off stiff competition um, as managers always do I suppose <laughs> when they sign somebody uh, but that's recruit number five obviously uh, Liam Scales is on loan for the season yeah. from Celtic Jaden Richardson uh, signed 21 year old right back from Nottingham Forest and uh, I'm hearing quite a lot of good things about Anthony Stewart as well who, who's a centre back uh, 29 year old so he's experienced um, so he's clearly Jim Goodwin I mean he's just signed a striker today but he's obviously ahead of that rebuilding his defence as well Yeah and I think Aberdeen you know on the back of last year again I think Aberdeen went in with high hopes with the new managers and everything else last year the new faces coming in it didn't for whatever reason didn't happen it was a really disappointing season so Jim's now got his, his, his feet in the door he's worked there for a little bit Again, he'll, he'll know his squad a lot better now than he did when he walked in. And there's new faces coming in. Uh, the striker seems a good age. You know, he's got caps under his belt already. Uh, North Macedonia, we were talking about it. They've come up with some great results of late. So, yeah, I think the Aberdeen fans will be full of expectation and hope. And it's always nice to get, you know, some business done and get some players in. So I think that's four or five, did you say? Five now, yeah. Five, so... Yeah. Yeah, work is well underway. I think skills as well. Didn't see a lot of them at Celtic over the over the season. Uh, popped in with the odd goal. Scored, scored a couple, yeah. yeah uh, scored in one of the cups, and I think he scored up at Tannadice. So yeah, it's just a case of probably him going and playing football. You know, there's maybe not going to be that m much opportunity for him at Celtic at the moment. So I think he's a decent. Uh, acquisition as well but it'll be interesting to see Aber Aberdeen and Hibs for me the two mm. that really need to bounce back after poor seasons Yeah Hibs are beginning to, to make moves in the transfer market as well one who's left uh, confirmed left as of today uh, is Paul McGinn um, who'd actually clocked up I think 34 appearances last season and that triggered a, a new another year with Hibs I think the same's happened with Rocky Bashiri the, the Belgian defender that, that Sean Maloney uh, signed and I think a lot of the Ibs fans were quite surprised when they thought he was going and then suddenly he's on a two or three year extension or something. But Paul McGinn uh, looked like he was going to have another year at Hibs, but but clearly he wasn't part of Lee Johnson's plans. He's gone to Motherwell. Um, that that deal's been done today. But I heard Lee Johnson at the weekend. You know him. From, you did your real license yeah. uh, alongside him. And uh, and he, he sounds as if he's got some uh, interesting ideas. I mean, he's I think he's 41. So, yeah. you know, pretty young for a coach. Yeah, and... 
when I did my A license with him, I think he was still playing. I mean, it's a right few years ago that mm. uh, down at Inverclyde, and I think he was still playing at the time. But he's he's been down to England and had a few jobs there, and you know, big clubs. We we played them, uh, I think Bristol City and Sunderland as well of, of late. So he's certainly cut his teeth at a, a few decent clubs, and you know, this chapter now it'll be interesting because again, Hibs. Fantastic, fantastic club, uh, but they'll have demands of fans as well. They'll yeah. want to be up there challenging yeah. Hearts. They want to. Mm-hmm. I mean, Hearts uh, acquired third place really easily last year. Uh, obviously, they had a great start, and you have to take your hat off to Hearts. They deserved it, but you know, Hibs Aberdeen really need to be up there mm. challenging for that third place. The Hibs fans will be absolutely hating at the moment. Uh, all the news coming out of Hearts about the sales of season tickets, which I think have gone through the 15,000 mark now, which is an incredible number yeah. uh, of season tickets <clears throat> to be sold. And that, of course, coming on the end uh, on the back end of a hugely successful season and eight European games uh, guaranteed coming up. So you're right. I mean, the Hibs fans really want to be starting coming they back to, at uh, Hearts. They want to get closer. Yeah, They really do. Uh, but you could say Aberdeen as well. They'd, those two clubs should not be in the bottom six. They really shouldn't. They should be pushing for top four. And uh, they've both got new managers, new faces coming in. So hopefully, the exciting times ahead for both. What did you make of Jack Ross being confirmed as Dundee United yeah, manager, one I of your old teams? Yeah, I thought it was a good move. Uh, Jack's found himself, I think, really unfortunate. We spoke about it before. You know, losing his job at Hibs uh, after getting to a final. So I think he deserves another crack and I think Dundee United last season uh, did really well. I didn't see the, the Tam Courts thing coming. Uh, I knew my pal Craig Hinchliffe was going back up as, as goalie coach and this has kind of came around quite quick, I think. Uh, but I think it's a great opportunity for him. I think he said it himself that he was probably waiting for the right club and I think Dundee United is one that you can really go and, and, and do something with. Uh, They've got some good young players as well. I think Tam mm. Cotts has to maybe get a bit of credit for that last year, you know, uh, bleeding a bit of youth into the team as well. So, yeah, I think it's a good move. I wonder if that will continue. I mean, I wonder if the emphasis might change a little with Jack Ross in charge. Because in obviously, youth. obviously Tam Cotts had just come out of the academy. Yeah. It made sense. He was promoting a well, lot was... of the guys he knew into, into the first team. I just wonder if that is scaled down a little or if that continues. Well, I, I like you know, bleeding youth and, and, and giving youth a chance. Uh, I think it's part of part of the game. But Dundee United probably did more than most. Yes, aye. And I think they've had a good history for it as well. Uh, and then it's, it's down to the, the kids as well that have had a little taste of it last year to, to keep improving up in their game and, and showing that they're capable of doing it. That's, you know, it's a, it's a balance. It's, you can't just throw youth in for, for the sake of it. But the ones that got their chance last year you know, you draw a line under it every season. You have to go again uh, and prove yourself and especially with a new manager just coming in. Celtic, uh, back to Celtic, who have uh, signed Benji Segrist. Uh, the biggest surprise about Benji Segrist for me is that he's been at Dundee United for so long because he, he looked a, a great goalkeeper for a long time now um, and he looked as if a, a, a move to a bigger club would have been happening before now but it has happened four year deal uh, he has signed for Celtic I had a phone call from from the manager and you know he hung up the phone and I think people just knew straight away something good was happening and uh, you know it was it was a very very 
proud moment in my career, you know, to be here and representing the, the football team, the colours, the city and everything. It's, it's, it's a hugely proud moment and, and everything I've always wanted to be a top, top environment, a top team and, um, you know, simply can't get any better than this. Don't know where that accent's coming from. He, he sounds long out of Switzerland <laughs> by the sounds of it. He's, yeah. he's been around. I think he was at Villa uh, for a while. Um, and he certainly, I mean, how good has he been for Dundee United, Simon? Yeah, well, on this show, I think it was a couple of years ago, I, th- I don't know if it was yourself, but the question was who in mm. the Scottish League would you think the likes of Rangers and Celtic yeah. would look at? And I thought he was one of them. I thought he'd, probably from covering the Celtic games and... and maybe one or two games playing really well against Celtic uh, he looks a good keeper and he's got his move now on the back of it consistency over a number of seasons and yeah he's going in there probably to play understudy to Joe Hart but he'll, he'll push Joe and he touched on it there in his interview it's a it's a hard environment to knock back you know going to the champs Celtic the facilities and there's a lot of games going to be played uh, Joe Hart had a great season last year I think his influence on things around the, the dressing room as well as on the pitch I think was huge I think he's that character he's been there and, and done it all in the game so even working under or working alongside Joe will improve this guy but I think it, it's exciting times much similar to Harry Kuehl when a club like Celtic give you the opportunity I don't think you can you know, turn away from it I mean, there's a there's obviously a big financial factor. He'll be course, taking a, yeah. a hike in his, in, in his wages yeah. in, in going to Celtic. But, but pro- he, I think a... I think it's progression, though. Mm. I, I know he's not going to be guaranteed game week in week out, but it's the next step for him in his career. He's went to a club on the back of his performances at Dundee United. He's got his move to a big club at Celtic. It's now down to him to go and work and and, and push Joe Hart. Uh, and that's why Ange's probably brought him to the club, you know, to go and, you know, not rest in your laurels. You're now at Celtic. Let's go and see if you can shift Joe Hart. It only works well for the team. As I say, there's a lot of games, the three domestic tournaments, you hope they do well in Europe, uh, which brings more games as well. Elbowing Joe Hart out of that number one jersey, though, is, is going to be really difficult. Very isn't difficult. It? Very difficult because the guy, it's what Celtic lacked uh, the season before in particular. Uh, that back line and the organisation. And Carter Vickers and Starfield, I don't think, were the most verbal. I think he said that himself, Joe Hart, had to come in and probably communicating from the back, which helped those two as well to go on and have particularly Carter Vickers the season that he did. But just the, the influence that he, he has over the team, I think he, he gets Celtic, he gets the club. He's been at some big clubs down south. Uh, he's been at World Cups. So I just think the whole package with Joe Hart worked last year and he will not want to give... The jersey up lately. So they've signed uh, Benji Seagreest, Celtic. Uh, they've uh, signed Cameron Carter Vickers on a permanent deal. Uh, Dyson Maida, the same. Uh, Alexandro Bernabe is expected to uh, turn up for a medical any time now uh, and seal a transfer approaching £4 million uh, as well, an Argentinian uh, player. And Jota, uh, you would imagine uh, that could happen any day now. The Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors, representing some of the biggest motoring manufacturers across Scotland. Let's go! And Simon Donnelly with Rob McLean on the football show. 
Uh, for a Thursday night, I believe it is. Um, I think so. Can you confirm that, Simon? Yeah, I good. think it is. Good. Just running through some of the rumours, plenty of transfer rumours around. We've touched on a few already. Those reports in Spain um, that uh, Sevilla had offered €8 million Euros for Alfredo Melrelos of Rangers are uh, being pretty much dismissed um, back here. But uh, the question marks remain over not just Morelos, but three other key Rangers players who are into the final year of their contracts. Uh, Liam Boyce is an interesting one. Get Simon's thoughts on that in a moment. His name's popped up. Uh, you thought he would be a big part uh, for Hearts again next season, as he has been previously. Aberdeen have been linked with him, although I gather today Aberdeen were distancing themselves from that. Ipswich have been mentioned as well uh, as a potential destination. You'd have thought Hearts would have wanted to hold on to him, to be honest. Alexandro Bernabe is expected in Scotland uh, before the end of the week to complete a medical ahead of the 21-year-old signing a five-year deal with Celtic and a near £4 million transfer from his Argentinian club Lanús. Um, Vittoria Guimaraes midfielder Alfa Semedo uh, will apparently not be joining Celtic despite having been strongly linked with a loan move uh, to the champions this summer Conor Barron of Aberdeen Scotland under 21 international midfielder uh, lots of talk about him and a potential move to Italy uh, Bologna and Sassuola both being uh, mentioned in dispatches and of course on the back of what Aaron Hickey has done over there I suppose lots of young uh, Scots are, are being mentioned uh, Josh Doig was being spoken about of Hibs as a potential to go to Italy uh, as well. Fenerbahce uh, set to compete with Celtic for the signature of Vinicius Souza after the Turkish club admitted, uh, uh, submitted, I should say, a £4.3 million offer. But the Belgian second tier club uh, who Souza plays for reportedly want nearly double that for the 23-year-old uh, midfielder so uh, lots going on uh, what are you thinking about Liam Boyce he, he's not a name I expected to be <clears throat> cropping up in any transfer stories no I think he's I think he's been one of Hartsey's top players uh, and for Aberdeen to you know they've distanced himself from it obviously I was surprised when I seen the speculation there down south you, you then question the finance don't you if Ipswich can offer more money then that maybe turns his head but I would, I would have been surprised if he'd moved from the likes of Hearts uh, to Aberdeen because, as I said, we said earlier, third best last year and, and he's one of their best players. He actually, it, it's an obvious comment, but it weakened his, uh, the Hearts chances in the cup with him coming off. I know he wasn't fully fit before mm. that game, but he's he's been one of their, you know, he's been their talisman over the last few years. Uh, so I would think Hearts would want to keep him. Yep, Ellis Sims is one they would want to bring back again if they could. Uh, he was on loan from Everton last season, made a big impression. Um, but I guess he's put himself in the shop window and there are going to be other teams who will fancy taking him on loan if indeed it is to be a loan uh, from Everton uh, next season. Antonio Kolak, we've spoken about him before on the show in the last few days. Uh, plays for Pauk in Greece at the moment, but he was on loan to Malmo when they knocked Rangers out of the Champions League qualifiers a year ago. Uh, he is being linked with a move to Rangers. That's a story that isn't going away at the moment. Uh, £2 million plus. And clearly, Rangers will be looking into the market at the moment for strikers. They, they probably want one anyway, even if Morelos does stay. If yeah. he were to be sold, then they'd probably be wanting a couple. Yeah, I think so. Because you've seen when Morelos was out, you know, and that, again, they, they, they seem to cope with it, especially in Europe. But there was players there that weren't really recognised as 
is your number nine. Uh, Morelos is certainly the, the top striker at Rangers. But yeah, I would, I would, I would expect them to be looking at one or two strikers on top of keeping Morelos just for real competition up there. There's talk about Glenn Kamara as well. And again, all the all these stories are plausible just because of the big impression that these guys have made. Uh, Glenn Kamara, who cost about 50,000 quid from Dundee and who's worth considerably more than that now. Brighton uh, looking at him apparently as a potential replacement for Yves Bissouma, who they've sold for about 25 million, I think, um, in the course of this summer already and the players we've talk, talked about earlier on in the programme big assets for Rangers the likes of Aribo and Kent and Ryan Jack all into the final year of their contract and because of what they've done and particularly that European profile I guess last season when you got to the final of a European competition uh, you've got uh, people, m- many more eyes <clears throat> on you than, than yeah. would normally be the case I, th- I think especially for our nation our league mm-hmm. because speaking from experience you know you know, we are kind of looked down our noses at times from mm. out with our own uh, country. But when somebody or a, or a team like Rangers get to the final, yeah, people sit up and take notice. Obviously, there was huge speculation on Mbassi after the performance in the final. And these guys were part of that team as well. So, yeah, I think there is, you know, the, the, well, from a, a Rangers point of view, there's always a kind of downside, you know, if you, you are performing well on that platform or that stage. Yeah, people are going to notice your players. Lewis Mayo uh, is on the move from Rangers on loan to Kilmarnock. He was on loan at Partick Thistle, I think, last season. Uh, Lewis Mayo, central defender. Uh, he has gone to <coughs> Kilmarnock with Derek McInnes, who's made uh, a few acquisitions already since the, the end of the season. And you can bet your bottom dollar uh, that Derek McInnes... Uh, will be keen for Kilmarnock to kick on. They're not just going to be making up the numbers next season in the Premiership, Simon, as far as he's concerned. He, when, he'll want them to be top six. Yeah, he said that, I think, in the interview last week, that that's what he's he's looking for. And, you know, his experience in the in the Scottish Premiership with Aberdeen will be invaluable. He's got Kilmarnock bounced back up. Uh, a Premiership club, really. Uh, we looked at the support at the playoff, if he can get some of those fans out on a regular basis. But it just it, it bodes well for our division, really, because a lot of these teams are going to be looking for the same prizes, mm-hmm. you know. And at one point last season, between fourth and ninth or tenth, there wasn't a lot in it. No. So it brings a whole new excitement. But I think Kilmarnock will not be there to make the numbers up. They'll they'll want to make an impression. Uh, and then when you put into that mix, like sort of Aberdeen and Hibs, that will hope to bounce back strongly. You know, it should be an exciting league to to watch. More from uh, Harry Kewell, who's been speaking to Celtic TV uh, today, speaking for the first time about his appointment as first team coach, uh, a fellow Australian in the building for uh, Ange Postacoglu. Looking ahead to everything, as we heard from him earlier on in the show, and that includes those European nights. They are special. Um, I I don't think people can understand what it's like unless you've, you've been there. And you can have that taste. But once you do have that taste, you want more. And you are competing against the best teams in the world. And yes, it is a cup competition. So you have to be at your very best to, to get far in the competition. And you have to have that little bit of uh, element of luck as well. So it's, it's going to be tough. But like I said, the, the way that uh, the manager's got his team playing, I think they're going to be a handful. Someone who can understand because he has been there is Simon Donnelly. Yeah, but the European Knights are the ones you know, stick with you for all your days uh, and 
to be back at the top tournament will be fantastic. I think Kiel, did Kiel get the semi-finals with Leeds? Was he in that team? I think he probably was, uh, yeah. yeah. So, huge experience, but th- this is where you want to be and for whatever reason, people can throw it at Celtic. Well, you know, you were knocked out three tournaments last year, but they did have positive moments in some of those games, which I think they'll have learned from. Their defence is stronger now than it was before. Uh, they were all finding their feet at the time and, you know, I think that'll be one of the, the, the targets. Obviously, they want to go and retain the title. That goes without saying, but I think Angel want to make his mark in Europe. Remind us, what was your most memorable European night? Uh, Liverpool. Yeah. Liverpool. Just the whole thing, England, Scotland, uh, Battle of Britain, fact that I'd kind of followed Liverpool growing up with Douglas and all that, it was... The two games were pretty special when we get pipped by a Stevie McManaman and Wonder goal mm, from the halfway. I remember yeah. commentating on that game. Actually, uh, that was a that was an incredible uh, goal. Although it wasn't pleasurable from your point of view, it was not. I take it you turn the TV down when he comes on commentary now, do you? I'm playing against <laughs> him in a few weeks. Oh, He's in that Masters, oh, yeah. uh, so maybe get my own back. But no, that was a fantastic uh, goal. And they, as I say, they're the ones when you you look back when your career's finished. They're the ones that. You know the vivid memories. You can mm. just remember it that night. We were we were going for three one, and it looked as if we could have got it, and they broke away. And as I say, a wonder goal. And the two sets of fans together singing "You'll Never yeah, Walk Alone." No, was everything about it was it? fantastic. Yeah. So yeah, Kiel, Celtic, they'll all be looking forward to to a taste of Champions League this year. Here's Harry Kuhl on his aims as a Celtic first team coach. I have strong ambitions. Uh, but I'm, I'm not going to lie, like I said, I've come into a huge <clears throat> club. I'm going to sit and I'm going to learn. I'm going to watch. I'm going to study. I'm going to see exactly what I can bring to the, the team. I'm not going to go straight in there and go this, this and this. That's not me. I, I want to learn because even just speaking there to John, John Kennedy, he's got so much experience that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be just picking his, picking his brains left, right and centre. It's going to be tough uh, for Rangers next season to overhaul Celtic. I mean, you can you can sense that already that it's going to be one almighty battle. And there'll be Rangers fans listening to this that will be saying, "What are you talking about? Rangers will Rangers will get it done next season." But Celtic are, are putting the blocks in place, aren't they? On the back of a spectacular season, Cameron Carter-Vickers, <coughs> Jota, we expect they've got a great second choice goalkeeper. Yeah. Now they've got Harry Kuehl, uh adding to the what they have on the sidelines in the coaching staff. And, you know, Ange said it himself, that was just the first phase. Yeah, they're in a good place. They, they are. Uh, but again, from the Rangers' perspective, I think their fans will be looking, I think, to just what I said earlier on, keep keep as, as many as those players that have did the job last year, all right, they, they get pipped off Celtic for the league, but they got to the, the final of the Europa League. Uh, and there wasn't a lot between the sides. You know, in those three or four games at the turn of the year, there wasn't a lot out with the, the 3-0 at Celtic Park. But there's no denying, you know, Celtic have got their tails up again. And, you know, that's from their point of view, it's exciting. You know, what Angie's saying, that's phase one. This is <clears throat> what the, the Celtic fans will be looking to next. Who's going to come in to, to improve this side and push the players that came in last year and did unbelievably well? A Jota deal any day now. 
Uh, thanks, Simon, for tonight. Uh, we've got Craig Moore with us tomorrow night and Paul as well. And uh, no doubt uh, Craig will be giving his thoughts on what Rangers are about to do in the transfer market. What will be the comings and the goings? As usual, tomorrow, live at five. The Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors. Find your nearest dealership at macklinmotors.com. Let's go! Service your existing car with us right now. <laughs> And it's worth £500 off your next car. Yes, at Macklin Motors Toyota, we'll give you a £500 voucher off any of our brand new Toyotas when you book in for a service with our expert Toyota trained technicians. We even have complimentary courtesy cars available. So book your service now and get £500 off any new Toyota. Visit macklinmotors.co.uk or see us at Kennishead Road, Darnley. Macklin Motors, the new name for Toyota sales and servicing in Glasgow. Valid on services till 30th September. Excludes Motability and Fleet customers. One £500 voucher per vehicle purchased by 31st December.